All right. How you going? Yeah, I'm good. <clears throat> What's new with you? Um, not much. We were just discussing the difference between cuck and simp. That's right. So, uh, what do you think it even is? I know what the 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 well, the literal definition of a of a cuck of a cuckold is someone who enjoys watching their girlfriend or wife um, getting banged by other men. Didn't realize that there's a uh, porn site called Cucked now, which I think is like a. It was very innovative of whoever came up with that uh, site to, to, you know, write in on that. Unfortunately for them, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's tailed out with simp. And, you know, I think that they should just rebrand to the same thing because you could get away with it. Simp.com. Yeah, simp.com. Yeah, simp Simpin. is just someone who's, uh, well, I wouldn't just say too nice, is, is just uh, bends over backwards to uh, appease women. To the point where it's unattractive. But isn't that what a cuck is? Well, what it came to mean? Yeah, there's really not much difference, hey? This is is the thing, right? Like a cuck at least has a a wife. And that they enjoy watching getting ploughed, right? Isn't a simp just... Damn, a simp is chasing... Can't get the wife. Chasing after someone who would be a mediocre wife. And then the simp wouldn't... Once the simp uh, gets the wife, if they ever do... Would be super overprotective. Would never let the wife even look at another guy. Whereas a yeah, cuck okay, so is they, almost all right. We found slightly more masculine because the cuck's like, yeah, whatever. I have another very guy secure in his masculinity. Like. Yeah, <laughs> I just like watching. I don't want to do any work. <laughs> so I'd rather be a cuck than a simp. In conclusion, and also I will say this: I uh, I think cucks are extremely rare. I only know of one cuck. Well, they wouldn't. They wouldn't just go around telling people they're a cuck. It's not, not? something. Hey, nice to meet you. Um, I'm a cuck. Yeah, actually, that's true. Actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, although then what, a cuck would like kind of do, would probably Will. take pride in that. What? A cuck probably would take pride in being a cuck. The cuck I know definitely took pride in that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's probably like a bit of a. You know what? They do it in a very simple way. Like, mm, I just love watching women be empowered. No. By sleeping no, with um, no, powerful men, and I'm willing to let my wife enjoy that. So no. it's so it's this it's a it's a simp cuck. It's a simp cuck, and then just adds what? Because <laughs> they're a cuck, and they're a simp about their cuckoldry. Okay, so a simp is just a white knight. Holy yes, shit! This is simp the most is exactly. A simp is a hundred percent a white. Well. A white knight is someone who needs to come to the defense of women and save them from evil, sexist men. Whereas a simp is just someone who, you know, in high school, Holy there was shit, that dude, one guy simp. who's constantly trying to get in with the girl group, but just be friends with them. But deep down, you know, he secretly wants to like He's hook up simping. with them. Yeah. So that's a simp. Um, so you know what a simp is then? A simp is kind of just like perfect cell. A simp kind of just takes elements of a cuck and white knighting and is kind of just overrided all of them. It's basically yeah. the bridging gap between the deep web and like the YouTube world. You start off as a simp because that's what you are when you're a teenager probably. Then you yeah. become a white knight. Then you become a cuck. Yeah, if you're like no, you no, become no. a cuck. Y- you start off as a simp, then you become a white knight, then you become a soy boy. And then you become a cuck. Even though Wait, I, after we've done like night, a whole podcast about how I hate the term soy boy. But for the dear. purpose of this discussion, let's... Uh, <laughs> I'm a fan. It's like a Pokemon evolution. Really... You start yeah, at simp. Yeah. Four then, stages. Jesus. Yeah, so you start at simp. Then you go... White Knight probably comes after simp, I think. You've been a simp for so long. You've never really gotten the attention you wanted. So then you start trying to... I have to save women from these bad men. And then... Yeah, trying very hard, thinking that, yeah, if, if I become, yes, like an evolved simp, that'll work. <laughs> You're the char- What is it? You start off as char- Charmander, don't you? Yeah, so Charmander's a simp. And then the last one has to be Kark, I think. Yeah. What, um, yeah, yeah that's imagine. your Charizard. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's... <laughs> Dude, you know what though? Like, they if you, if you really had to scene. nut it out, well, you have to. Somebody has to because, like, you can't just keep going around with these willy-nilly words that people just keep 
smattering on the board for everything. Mm. We need mm. to get our definitions right, gentlemen. Yeah, Cuck really died. It was uh, very prominent three, four years ago. And it's so dead now because, like, there was this period of time that I really liked using the word cuck mm. because it was so outdated and it was just kind it's of just like... Come, it, it's come back. It, it comes back as like a meme of itself, right? But I think that now it's so dead that even the meme of it is dead. Yeah. That's how far we are along yeah. the cuck line. So Simp needed to come really along. Uses cuck. But dude, you know what? Well, simp has a shorter knight. shelf life. White Knight's gone completely, but Simp is basically a White Knight. You've, it's taken over from White Knight. Yeah, it's just a more strategic, less, in a, in a way, it's less political. More when socially I think, refined. When huh? I think white knight, I think someone who's who's defending feminism against the evil sexist man on the internet. Whereas when I think simp, I just think of a fifteen year old guy who who's um, the girl's always crying on his shoulder, but then never wants to, never lets him. Finger her anyway. So, yeah. you know what? I think you've just done it, dude. Oh, isn't like, that gross? Like, what? Yeah, I'll just comfort you. I'll comfort you. Yeah, she's gonna let me finger her. <laughs> and we've again, all been we've all, there. Yeah, we've all. That's what I'm saying, dude. You know what? You know what a simp is? It's just a 15 year old boy. It's 90 percent of 15 year old boys. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There'd be some like. There's just simp's. There's just simp's and captains of cricket teams. That's it. That's all you got. Captains of footy team. I don't. Captains I don't know of footy teams. Captains of cricket team really are drowning in it. I don't know. No, but they would have like Steve Smith before he was famous. I can't imagine him being uh, a ladies' man. Look, maybe yeah, they are really lanky, aren't they? They're a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, okay. Captain of the footy team. So that's all there is. It's just. It's just like. And let's make it this then. All right. So there's just simps and then there's just future PE teachers at 15. That's it. <laughs> it's grim, but it's true. It's true, it's, isn't it? It's, it's very true. Now, uh, I've been, um, we've been very lax with our banter at the start of podcasts to the point where I think even in, in the TikTok podcast, we literally spoke about TikTok for 10 minutes. And bantered for uh, for for fifty. So how about we? Uh, <laughs> that was still it titled up. TikTok. I think it was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or it'll be TikTok and something else. Dude, something that we randomly talked about in that podcast was potentially longer than the subject itself. Yeah, almost like, definitely. Yeah. What prison break? It should have been called prison well, break. Yeah. The the where is the star season of prison four, break now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was season four. Good. Wow. You're um, going to have to stay tuned to that one. You have to find out in your own time. We've, we've spent clearly enough time conversing about that. I think it was average, below average. But anyway, we've, we've, we've covered that. Yeah, I know. It's uh, extensively exhausted. So, so what did you want to... Uh, you want to talk about getting in the zone. Yeah, I want to talk about getting in the zone. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll save the other subjects for another time. But getting in the zone. Wait, what were the other? What were the other potential? Yeah, the other potential subject was I was just reading the Dalai Lama again, saying like these are the three things you must quash in life. I'm just wondering if you get your thoughts on it. It was, uh, mm. it was delusion. Yeah. It was compulsion. Mm. And it was. I mean, it was anger. Well, they, they that was like the same thing. Or like, they, like, they sound like um, good things to quash. They sound like good things to quash. Mm, delusion would be a hard one because if you have delusions, you are well. The very nature of a delusion is that you think it's real. So, well, this is the whole thing. He's just saying that there's never a time where you can't not. But I think that what he's actually saying this is this is really interesting. Like the more you look into the ego and like the Eastern philosophy of it, that. It's one of the only things that I've found that, like, the broader you get with it, the more useful it is. Because it is everything in your life. And it scares the fuck out of me after a while, actually. But, like... But at the end of the day, do you really want to become a Buddhist monk? Yeah. When Don't you, you? sit there doing... Just being content, but not e- actually doing anything? But this is Maybe the this irony is ego, of it. Yeah, this is probably my ego talking, but... No, but dude, it's the, the irony of it is if you are able to do that, you can do anything. Which again is definitely my any, ego but talking. But you wouldn't want to do anything then. No. Because you would realize the futility of uh, doing it. pursuing <laughs> whatever you were pursuing before. 
and that's uh that's the in lies the conundrum but they but then don't you isn't that as uh, doesn't that defeat itself because if you're trying to achieve those uh trying to quash those those uh things isn't that a compulsion to try and better yourself damn have i just uh destroyed the buddhism fuck holy shit <laughs> neil destroys buddhism Nah, bro. Look, let me tell you. Take that to bed. If you if you gotta get rid of compulsion, then isn't it a compulsion to try to better yourself? So what what are you trying to do, man? <laughs> Dude, that's such a such a horrible thought, isn't it? Just like a like ten day retreat on Buddhism with a wog. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to Who find these like animate? little shitty outs all the time. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know what? There's no one funnier than like a 15-year-old uh, Lebo class no. clown. No, no. <laughs> dude, they're not even a class oh, miss, clown. Miss, you told me I could go to the bathroom before. Now I can't. What's wrong? Are you racist? <laughs> we dude. can never top that. That's really funny. Because there's no... And ang- don't, wouldn't you say anger? Okay, if, if you're trying to quash anger, wouldn't you then be angry... You would have to get to a state where maybe you weren't angry, but you were discontent with your current state, um, and that's where you try to do those things, like try to beat those things. But then, wait, what? Say again. So, hey. like, okay, to achieve, con- if you want to get to a point of contentment, yeah, you would then have to be discontent where you are right now. Yeah. So that means you're already uh, thinking about. No, wait. Okay, I've lost my. Th- I feel like I had another good one there, but maybe this one I didn't. <laughs> That's so good. I was trying to... Damn. Mm. Stumped by its height of wisdom. Mm. But the compulsion <laughs> one still stands, all right? I've, I've beaten Buddhism there. No, you know what it is? It's this saying, I reckon. It's just like... You know what it is? It's you, you, really what they're getting to is just being grateful for everything because the mind, and I feel myself doing it all. Dude, I swear this is how your mind works. I'm te- like, it must. Just being constantly dissatisfied with like every moment of your life. Dude, I remember being in fucking Disneyland and being like, oh, the line's pretty long. Oh, that, that ride didn't go that far. Like being being on the ride, you know, like Avatar or something like that, and just being like, "Well, that looked pretty fake," you know. Yeah, like, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, dissatisfaction in our in our lives, even when we're doing seemingly enjoyable things. That's very true. And don't you reckon that's just like it's sad? It's a it? dollar. Yeah. yeah. It's just like. Hang on. Let me articulate my fallacy a little bit more. Which one? So I was thinking. The so, compulsion one. No, no. So if you want to achieve contentment, that means containment. That's that right. means yeah. there has to be a state in which you are discontent, and you should be content with being discontent if you want to be truly content. So therefore, um, you sh- wait. You should be content with discontent. Yeah, but that's what they're saying. And then, so then you just become, <laughs> dude, content. but then you're, dude, but then thought about this a lot. If you're man, content like, with discontent, are you content or are you discontent? If you're content with discontent, you're content. You're but, obviously content. No, but you're also discontent. Why? Because you could, because you're currently discontent and you're content with that. Yes. I don't Which know. Dude, Trump's no, this is, <laughs> this is not one of those chicken of the egg scenarios. Bro, this is, Buddhism, you are content. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I'm calling it, it as well. <laughs> yeah. Like while someone's That's trying it. to explain it. Just I've destroyed like, it. Nah, nah, you're wrong. <laughs> I win. <laughs> <laughs> Take that Buddha. He was Indian anyway. But sir. Hinduism is the true uh, Eastern religion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the elephant one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't know the anyway, first fucking Sorry. thing about it. I don't know any... Like, I know the same two things that everyone on earth, apart from people in India, know about Hinduism, which is one god is an elephant and one has like six arms. So that's it. I'm pretty sure it's the same one as well. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. I think. I Even I don't know. I should. No, I there's know. a... Isn't there that blue dude that's just like... That's Vishnu. Yeah. I don't think he has... Uh, is he fucked? He's, he's a scary man, isn't he? I don't know. Um... Oh, I was even watching a documentary about this not long ago. Look, there's not one overarching 
a religion that is Hinduism in different areas of India. I know they worship different gods and things, but there's some commonalities between it all. No, like Vish, like Vishnu would have to be one of those. Well, some He's of them, I think, I think, and I know, look, I, I'm not, I don't know this for sure, but I think certain areas would worship Vishnu and certain areas would worship um, Ganesh, which is the elephant one. And, um, yeah, see, but there's like the story behind how he got his elephant head was he was he was he did have a human head, but there was some something happened in the mythology where they had to replace his head. I, I literally just watched a documentary about this. Really? Yeah. I mean, well, a few <laughs> days ago, but I've forgotten Holy it. I've forgotten shit. it all already. And then some there's Dude, like there's not like a feet. Hindu temple. There's like the temp. I'm pretty sure it's like temple of Vishnu, temple of Ganesh, and so you don't. There's no just hindu temple and there's so many books there's all these uh well the mahabharata is a big one anyway look I d- i'm not an expert on this at all so i d- should not talk about it i watched a documentary though and i just destroyed buddhism so <laughs> i mean what more do you want yeah. like i'm sorry cool. too busy destroying buddhism if you're content you're, with discontent <laughs> yeah, yeah, then you welcome. can't be truly it's just it doesn't work bro I'm telling you, dude. It like but either doesn't no, do work. It does work. Like that's <laughs> that's the worst thing about the destruction. <laughs> it like clearly works. If you if you are discontent, but like at the time you're kind of just like, oh, okay, this is just another experience. This is another feeling that you're feeling. You can be content with. Well, that. you're both. You're both content and discontent. Yeah. You're content with being discontent. Yes. But you still. Therefore, you're still discontent. Yeah, but like it's got the over, <laughs> like it's got the cushion of content. All right, all right, I'll give you that. All right, I'm just being, I'm just being annoying. I don't know, but but anyway, go on. Um, did you just want to get my thoughts on it? Because those are my, those very, are your thoughts. Very childish, <laughs> very childish, and probably disrespectful thoughts. No, that's the cool thing about it. That's what I like about Buddhism. Is just like. I don't think there is such a thing as a disrespectful thought in Buddhism. Maybe, maybe like pissing in front of the Dalai Lama or something you should probably not do. But you should probably not do that to anyone, you know? Like you should probably avoid publicly That's urinating. weirdly specific. <laughs> I was trying to think of something like, okay, yeah, pissing on the Dalai Lama, he would find probably disrespectful, but maybe not. That's the other thing. Maybe he's so content with life that he can handle that shit. I'm sure he... Uh... And sure be happy can. about it. Hmm. Hmm. And and what what were you talking about when you when you meant getting in the zone? What exactly were you uh, are you talking about? Uh, well, when I think of that, I think of when I'm performing comedy, and it just there's this sort of natural flow. Flow. That's what I'm talking about. I'm you're talking not about thinking. Flow. You're not thinking. You're just reacting. Uh, and that's what I would call getting in the zone. In 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 comedy and and sports stars talk about being in the zone where they're not they're not thinking really they're just um it's just natural it's all happening that's for what them. I'm thinking about yeah, that okay. is that is exactly it getting in the zone. so so is your question how to get in the zone yes that's pretty much it <laughs> it's like a very very straightforward question but not a straightforward answer it's so hard to fucking stay in the zone I think I've made yeah. like you know you know you know what really eats away at being in the zone? Thinking this. Boy, I'm in the zone tonight. That's that's a there's a definite kill of it. Well you're probably not in the zone then if you're th- Cause no. you're, yeah, you're out of it. Exactly. You're out of it. There's been moments where, where I've done amazing shows where I've yeah, been in the zone where literally anything that came out of my mouth people would be laughing at. And there yep. are very slight moments of uh just recognizing that, wow, I'm, this is awesome. Like I'm in the zone right now. Really? But they're very fleeting. Well, okay. So it's just another thought that just goes in and out. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Mm. So if you're just constantly. Damn. No. Okay. So that's the whole difference, right? It's just I like you're consciously it. thinking I'm in the zone. Then you're not in the zone. But if it's just a thought that goes in and out of your head, you're there. You've arrived. Yeah, or you can say for that, f- f- for a moment when that thought went in and as it went out, you maybe were slightly out of, out the, of zone, the zone. Out of the zone, just then. But then you go straight back into it. Okay. 
So you can't just in my think, experience. So you're saying that you like break in and out of being in the zone. You're not, you're not there. No, not consistently. I just, I'm just saying, I, I, off the top of my head, uh, a few shows come to mind, and in a few of those shows, there were times when I'd say, "Oh, wow, like this is, this is amazing," and uh, this is going so well. Just little fleeting, really quick, half a second, in then out. Then I'm just right back in in the moment again. Well, what do you, what do you ascribe to that? Why, why were you there? In the zone. Yeah. What were you doing there? The, well, hmm, that's a good question. Um, definitely a very uh, apt way to describe it is is natural flow state because I'm not I'm not thinking about my next move. Um, I'm just I'm not in a conscious headspace. I'm just reacting. I'm just... Uh, yeah, but how'd you get there? That's, yeah, sorry. That was the question. Um, <laughs> I, uh, um, yeah, because you don't start the show there. Don't you? I, no, I would never start a show in the zone like that. Positive feedback. So one, the audience is absolutely loving you. So you're getting that positive feedback loop. And two, you are... At, you're also performing really well and it's those two things keep compounding so as you get more and more immensely positive feedback you perform even better your confidence grows and then as your confidence grows and you perform better you just get more and more positive feedback till you get to a point where you're in the zone that's my best uh idea of how how i get there in in the context of comedy okay what about You're you? saying it's like a two-way street. You can't get there by yourself. No, not in, no, not no, in the, live the audience comedy, has no. to be. No, yeah, you're right. The yeah. audience has to be on board. In my experience, yeah. Dude, what if you just no, no? There has to be a way of getting like a a bad audience on board. Yeah, that can happen. But again, it's um. You, your performance has to be incredible and you have to lift them out of that rut and then eventually your performance lifts them out of that poor feedback loop but then it starts to get gradually get better and better and then again that same you know process what it is? occurs. It is just presence. That's, that's what's happening. Like, okay, yep. like right now, just before I moved my hand, I just thought move my hand, and then that happened. Yeah, but let's just say like now I'm just fucking thinking about it heaps, so I can't just not be in it. But let's just say that like you're just doing this naturally, and you're not even thinking about it. Yeah. That's really what's happening there. Like you're just not, you're not thinking about what comes next. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, dude, you are present. That's that's what's happening in that moment. No, I'm so, not consciously thinking about what comes next. I'm sure there's some process going on in my mind that I'm unaware of. Yeah, probably. So, you know, whatever. We don't have free will or whatever. So, one of those things. Yeah, something like something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know that deep philosophical discussion. Yeah, it's just something like whatever. that, mate. Some bullshit like that. But who cares? That's the dude. Yeah, such a dude. Like, there's nothing that Fucking really. Jacko had free will to impregnate my missus. <laughs> I really, dude. That's yeah. There's nothing. You can't get away from that as like a as a response, can you? There's there's nothing more cutting or biting than that. Who cares? You can say it to anything, <laughs> don't you reckon? Just being like, you know, did you know that Jupiter has like nine suns? There's two <laughs> options there, right? Like you can be like, wow, that's amazing. Or you can be like, so? And like, dude, so is just like, that's destruction there. The There's great no- philosopher Dazza from 2020 AD once said, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> is that not, he? he's reached a, a point of being content. Who cares? Is that not? Maybe actually, he could be actually fucking really... 
Dude, no, there's really two content. ways. You could, yeah, but you could be very discontent as well. True. Who cares? Like, yeah, basically, he, he could be saying, who cares in the philosophical sense? Or he could be saying, who cares as a substitute for I don't care? And if he's saying I don't yeah. care, he's discontent with your act. And, and dude, there's nothing like those kind of heckles. If you ever want to get under a comedian's skin, I've seen it happen time and time again. This one fucking like wrecks every time. When does the comedy start? That's like, dude, how do you, it's really hard to stay in the zone when someone says that and be like, just like, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter if everyone's laughing. If one person's just like, I personally don't think you're funny. You kind of like, usually what's going to happen is you're going to get out of it and just be like, well, then why are you fucking here? You know, like you're not going to, you're going to keep rolling with it. I've seen a lot of seasoned comedians just be like, can someone take this guy out? Seriously, we're, we're trying to have a fun night here. That, they get like offended at that. Because again, it's just like, as, as you were saying, it just like instantly attacks their identity of being like the funny person in the room. And it's just like, you're not funny. So instantly their egos just like gets arced up and defensive. Yes. That's true. I found that if the audience is on your side and you've already delivered an impeccable 10 to 15 minutes of comedy and one person, usually it's not even a negative heckle. They're just trying to contribute to the show and they're just drunk most drunk. of the time. They'll say something and you know you have all the power there. You can just destroy that yeah, person. And you don't need to say. I, yeah, and I don't even need to. I'm usually just like, all right, you, did you, you'll say something like, you, you really thought that was funny, did you? You could just say anything and then if the audience is already on your side, that it. You're in such a position of power there. Like, if you screw that up, you shouldn't be doing comedy. Yeah. The tough one is if you're doing a, a small gig at a pub or something and it's not going well and then someone heckles. That's... <laughs> that's wrecked. That's brutal. Uh, those days. But you know what, actually? I enjoyed that more than the hipster crowds. Small hipster crowds were so much worse yeah. Than just like Bogans being like, you shack. The payoff. Get off. Because you, you know that when you uh, make them laugh, you've done a really good job because they're. No, no, no. If they're against you and they're sitting there just being like, get the fuck off. Like, oh, even that. that is less awkward than a bunch of hipsters just kind of sitting there being like, hmm. Well, because hmm. that's this response. There's such a smaller range with the hipster crowd. They're either going to be like, or they're going to be like, hmm. Whereas the Bogan crowd are either going to be like, you fucking suck, mate, fucking yeah. piece of shit. Yeah. Or they're going to be like, yes, yeah. fucking yeah. legend. Or what yeah. are you drinking, mate? What are you drinking? I know. Um, oh, I'm so good. I drove awesome. here. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> you ever, yeah. get, you ever uh, meet someone so Aussie that like they'll get really angry when you uh, reject their offer for a beer? What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude, I lived in Lithgow. That happened. Yeah. <laughs> Want a beer, mate? Uh, no, I'm good. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> it's like their dowry has been rejected. And it has. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's what's Bogan, That's Bogan dowry, isn't that's it? That's their pride. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm not drinking. It's like basically the only offensive thing you can say to them. That's their that's ego. True. Their ego yeah, is yeah. beer. They're they don't get offended by much. They don't get offended by much, do they? But no, I don't really drink. Fucking hell, you fucking. <laughs> Jesus, dude. That, like, man, I'm just putting this on the record. I'm so glad I'm not that bogan. That sounds horrible. Are you? They'd probably, well, they w would probably uh, be quite proud of their identity, don't you think? That's true. But they'd also have putty for liver. And they, their their body would just be completely fucking rinsed with holes. I would <laughs> hate that. Like I can't think of anything worse. So right. A lot of turning yourself people. into ginger, huh? So would a lot of people, though, not just the uh, bogans. There'd be a lot of alcoholics uh, in uh, rich areas as well. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I think being a heroin addict would be cooler than being a booze hound. Being a booze hound to me just seems hot. Like. You know the sensation of being drunk. It's not that good. Like, the payoff is kind of just like, yeah, 
I feel like I can grab a chick's ass and there'll be no negative consequences. That's that's like the best part of being drunk. And that lasts for like 20 minutes. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I want to get you drunk now. No, you know, you're like, get you dude, all that happens full of women. is you just, yeah, you just, you, you, you think like you, you're going to do like way better with chicks than you are. And so, like, really, what's happening is you you're making yourself an your ass of yourself. Process, so you're not. You're just. Re- you know what? You're getting closer to the zone. If you're, if you're yes. drunk, you're basically in the zone because you're not thinking. You're just reacting. No, dude. No. Yes. No, but you're deluded. But you're in like an animal zone. You're in, you're your, in an animal your, zone. You're in your caveman zone. Mm. Whereas, because you can train your whole life, whether it's sport or with comedy, we can just perfect our material. Uh, we can practice. We can uh, really perfect the craft as much as possible. So we know our mind knows all uh, knows how to do it and knows how to do it extremely well. So when we get to that point where we're not thinking, we're just we're at that point where we're doing it as well as we possibly can. Whereas, yeah, being drunk is basically yeah, it's just being in the zone. It's being in a caveman zone of uh, there's no skill. You're just you're just listening to your base primal <laughs> the reaction. Yes, it's zone. just the ca- it's the caveman zone. It is though, because that's what you're doing. You're like, hot girl must look. <sighs> Boys, so true. <sighs> and so much of this as well. He I'm wants hungry. to fight. I'll fight. Yeah. So you're in the zone. You're content. Yeah, you're in. Okay, you're in a zone. You're in a zone. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the zone refers to the zone you want to be in. You yep. be in many zones. That's okay. you're like in okay. a zone of every moment of your life. Yeah, 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 fair, fair. That one is, yeah, the drunk zone is not a bad zone for a while. But I was listening to some heroin addict describe what being in heroin is like. Actually, that sounds horrible. That sounds really frustrating. You know what he was saying? It's just like you keep going in and out of these dreams where like you're just walking along with a bunch of Aztecs or, um, you know, like ancient Egyptians or something. And, and like, it's just so real that it just seems like, you know, when you're in a dream and that kind of just happens and you're just like, Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I've always been an Aztec my entire life, you know? Huh? I didn't know heroin had that kind of hallucinogen effect. You know what it is? It's just because you just keep, you know, when you see like heroin addicts and like, Oh. They're just like going in and out of like sleep very quickly. Well, I don't know if it's quickly or whatever, but that's what's happening to their brain, right? Oh, and so when they I do it, huh? Now I want to do it. I mean, like, yeah, me too. Once. But I'm, I'm too. No, very strictly. Yeah, but no, no, I'm no, sure no that's not, how everyone started. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, I'll quit later. Um, <laughs> they, yeah, he was saying that like if you if you're in that. It, what happens all the time is like then these ancient Aztec priests or ancient Egyptian priests or whatever will just tell you like the meaning of life and you'll just be like, that's mad. And then instantly like your brain just does a thing that like heroin addicts do and then you've just forgotten it and you're just like, fuck! And then you just fall asleep again and then you're just back in ancient Egypt again. And like, so yeah, what I was saying is the meaning of life is and then you just wake up again. That's that's the whole experience of being inherent. That's why they talk about like chasing the dragon. So it's like... That philo- must be so frustrating. It's like philosophical blue balls. Yes! You just... It is! Can't reach that uh, climax of contentment. Fuck. But you're yeah, so close. Yeah, that's heroin. You're so that's, close. Yes. That sounds... T- actually, that sounds I know, terrible. An intellectual strip club. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dude that's yeah i know like i yeah but i i would prefer to have that experience again as opposed to just be like what's your name like this party fuck oh god that's actually what it is hey every party what's your name yeah, yeah. i like yeah. your dress <laughs> um thanks <laughs> dude how much better is it just getting over the fact that you're going to be like nervous for 30 seconds? That's that's a great realization in life where you're just like, oh, okay, I can override this and then I don't wake up the next day and like just just like instantly remember all these dumb things that I said, you know? 
Like, that's... Wait, so you're saying it's better to be sober and know that for the first 30 seconds of any conversation... You'll yeah, it's just going to be uh, uncomfortable. Yeah. That's fine. I can live with that. True. It's so much better than the alternative of just like... Because that's really what you're like fighting against. It's just that 30-second resistance. That's why you like, uh, you know, like oh, damaging your liver. huh? First impressions count. Yeah, that's that's it. Like just because you're just like, I don't want to be judged. You just want to walk in just being like, yeah, she's got a mini skirt on. Let's go. You know, like that's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's why the sweet spot is, you know, two or three drinks. So you're uh, you're loose and you're uh, sociable, but you're not you're not in the caveman zone. I just don't think. Yes, that's you. You can argue that obviously you're like better in that scenario than you are after six drinks. That's undebatable. But dude, even that like one or two drinks, I re- like. Don't you feel your brain just going in slow motion at that point? If you can feel your own brain going in slow motion, how must you be registering to the other person? It can't be great. And you know what else? I, I see it. Two drinks. I don't know if people can even... You can't feel it? Oh, I can feel it, but I don't know if everyone can pick up on the fact that you've had two drinks. Maybe they can't pick up on the fact that you've had two drinks, but you yourself know... That you're not responding in the same way you otherwise would be. You can feel it. And if you can feel it, then like definitely the things that are coming out of your mouth, they're not sharp. I used to, I, I was through this phase when I was like after stand up shows hmm. where I just go talk to the audience or whatever and I was just like, yeah, yeah, it's a social lubricant and I'd just be drinking for a while. And then I just didn't do that. And I just realized, like, man, the interaction is so much better than just being like, yeah? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want a picture? Yeah. <laughs> that's well, that's all like, cha- you're just not witty. How does it change uh, when, if, if you're sober? Dude, you know what it is? It's just like, okay, first of all, you, you've, you've just finished the high of just being on stage for an hour. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's fine for you to go and mingle without a drink. Like, you're already in a good state. Don't Why, you, like, destroy that? Have you found that it's very different talking to someone face-to-face versus uh, being, having been in a, in, a, in, a, in a performative zone? Yeah, that's my entire life. Yeah, so that's what I... I, I haven't found any correlation between being more uh, uh, friendly or, or social... Uh, sociable after I've performed a show. I, in fact, I'm quite awkward because I'm just on this energetic high having performed and been very theatrical for an hour and then I'm suddenly face-to-face with someone who still expects me to be really funny. And I'm never, I never am in those fan interactions after the show. I'm very awkward. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's like, yeah, that's... thanks for coming. Hope you liked it. Cool. Let's get a pic. Nice. Well, that's... Dude, that's, that's fine though, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they can't expect too much. Like, what do you want? But um, I feel more I'd be happy comfortable and at ease on stage in front of a thousand people than I do talking to them one-on-one yeah, after the th- show. Yeah, but that's just you in general, though, and me. Like, it's just... That's a performer quality. Yeah, It's just true. like most you people, like just being yeah. on stage and don't like... It's like the exact opposite of most people. Most people like just interacting with other people and then are yeah. very scared being on stage. There's just some little brain quirk that changes that around. Hmm. So I don't think it's like necessarily a thing of... I don't think it's necessarily a thing of just like you jumping off of stage or whatever. I think that there's just like you're at home there. I think like... Hmm. Man, I was thinking about that the other day. It was kind of like if you're going to... And, dude, you know what? Really, in our generation, I think that we've just really found who those people are. And it turns out it's about six people out of maybe like 500,000. And so, those are the comedians. Like, there's people that come and go in terms of, like, fame or whatever, right? Yeah. But they're kind of just chasing the fame and the accolade and then, you know, the fame and the accolade dies down or whatever. They're just like, there's too much pressure or some, some shit like that. But, like... 
I don't think that fame is a motivator if you're like your Frenchies or your your Neils or your like. Did it's you not... just use my name in a, in like that context? Your Neils. What the your fuck? Neils. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Do you reckon right. though? Yeah, like, sure. I'll take that. You know what? You're you're doing it because it's 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 a thing of it's a dude it's this it's just like you're doing it because what else would you be doing? Oh, at this point, yeah. Well, I don't even think that. I think there's just like you you just naturally get pushed. Like there's something there's something pushing you to just be on the stage. And dude, I think it is just the art of performing. It's not, huh. you're not necessarily there for accolade or like, I mean, accolade's nice. Everyone likes accolade or whatever, but it's just like, it's it's the dharma of it. It's like, you know, just like how a bird, you know, hunts worms and stuff like that. That's what a bird does. Yeah. I think that the people that have stayed, that started as part of those like Facebook comedians or whatever, and have just like kind of just evolved with social media. The reason that they keep chasing it is because, uh, it's, it's something else that's more intrinsic to their personality than just being like, how many followers have I got? Cause dude, I know you, I know that you're not like, you're chuffed if you get like a viral video or something like that. But like it's not, it's not a thing that like nabs at your insecurity or some shit like that. If there's just like no one's watching or anything like that. Whereas I think that like no. the people that kind of just come and go, it's kind of just they get that spurt of fame and then they're just like yes, and then it goes away and they're just like oh no, this feels terrible. I'm just gonna go get like a job in HR, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I agree with that though. I. I... I think that's a fair assessment of, of me. <laughs> well, because that's like, well, me too, right? Like, but like, just, just these, if anyone else was like, I don't know, Shooter, Frenchie, Isaac, like that whole gang. And you know what? You could extend it to like Michael Cusack, even though he's not like a performer, he's an animator and that's all he does. And like, dude, he was, he's doing mad now. But he was poor for a long, way longer than we were. Way longer. Really? Yeah. Now he's like signing deals with Fox and everything. So I'm glad that, and he he definitely has earned it because like animation is a grueling art and yeah. very thankless. But he just kept doing it in spite of everything else. It's just like he mm. felt most natural in a little basement by himself with no light. That's where he felt at home. Mm, that says a lot, I think, where, when um, comedians who can perform to large audiences choose to still do small gigs just to practice. That shows that they, they're not after the, the fame. They might be after some uh, appreciation or some accolades in the critical area of stand-up. So for critics to say that was great stand-up. But they're not just after um, followers or fame because they want to just they're, – they're in it for the craft. I want to perfect the crowd. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're, if, if you're looking for, like, a critic saying it or whatever, basically what you're looking for is somebody with an educated opinion to basically say that, like, uh, that was well executed and kind of just to give you either confirmation that what happened wasn't just in your head, that it was well executed. But, dude, that's honestly how I see performing. I don't see it as a thing of just being like, yeah, I'm getting claps and stuff like that. It's just like this constant thing of like, did that joke work? And it's not this thing of like, you know, it didn't work. Oh no, they hate me. It's just like, ah, oh, fuck, that one didn't work. Bastard. Anyway, I'll, I'll come back and think about that. That one worked. Okay, that's good. That one worked. That one worked. Yeah, it's, it's just exactly like hitting the, the wrong notes on a piano. That's yeah. what it feels like. Yeah. That's exactly the, the way I would see it as well. Yeah. It's like, even the even the act of performing is sort of a practice in itself. So even even when yes. you're like doing it, dude, I, I still to this day feel like that even when I'm on stage. I don't feel like I'm, you know, like 
bring in my A game or something like that. It's just like, okay, let's see if I can play Mary Had a Little Lamb this time. Like, it's just, that's that's what it feels wow, like. Wow, that's stage. a really good description. I agree. <laughs> I like that. No, right, seriously. So that's like, how dude, it feels. Yeah, that's what it feels. And I think, it's like, you know, when you really know your material back and forward, that's that feeling of flow that you get usually. Sometimes it actually works the other way around where like you don't know the material at all. So you're just forced to just come up with like heaps of ad libs. Yeah. That works as well. But that middle zone where you're just trying to like, you're trying to actually learn the material. It's very hard to stay in a flow state there. Always towards the end of a show, like the last month, you know, the last like 20 or 10 shows or something like that, that, I, I always feel a lot of flow there. But you know what I feel? The other thing now I'm thinking about it, I reckon that a lot of it is also the thing of like, this show's done now. Like, I'm not even worried about this show anymore. Like, I'm just thinking about the next show. And so, like, even while I'm performing that. So, you've just gotten rid of like all the surrounding tension of it. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Especially if I've performed multiple nights in a row. Uh, when I do, when I've done Edinburgh, you perform for twenty-seven nights in a row. I think you have one night off in the middle. So then it is just a. It's like people in musicals; they're just performing the exact same thing every night for. Well, they sometimes do it for years, and it just becomes rote. Mm. You're not thinking about anything. No, you just react, and then sometimes little anomalies occur. Someone yells something or one particular joke doesn't work or you might uh, at, at one point forget a line or something like that. But generally, it's the same sort of pattern every single night and yeah. you're uh, more likely to get in a flow state, I find, because you're just, it's drilled into you. Drilled. That's it because it's, well, actually, I it's remember reading in a book. It's, it's, it's the practice makes perfect. It's like any other skill or craft out there. No, but it's, yeah, I understand that part that, like, you're going to understand your, like, the, the general body of your work better. But the thing that surrounds the flow state is just, like, your ad-libs are just so much more on point. And they're yeah, so much yeah, crisper yeah, sure. and, yeah, like, they're, yeah. they're much wittier yeah. when you're in the flow state. Yeah, I've been, in a po- I've been at a point where the audience is absolutely loving it, but I've still felt not at my most uh, comfortable and natural and I don't even know why sometimes, but the performative aspect is still as good as it would have been in the flow state. But yeah, you're right. The, the ad-libs and the ability to improvise, uh, that deteriorates. But to an audience member, they can't... I mean, they'll still see a good show, hopefully. I like to Yeah, think. no, do, definitely. <laughs> yes, they will definitely have that experience. Because, you know, like... It's like what Steve Martin's always saying, like you, you, like, you know, anyone can have a great night. The mark of a good comedian is if like, they can just make every night good. It's not like, you know, like I killed it like once or twice, you know, you can put anyone up on stage and if they're there for like a hundred times, two of those nights are just going to be like amazing for whatever reason. No, there's definitely that part that there's definitely that disciplined aspect aspect of a of a of a show where you've just got your material that you can go to that you know works and mm. is consistent and it gets the job done. That's all there. I agree with that, but that's interesting because I think a lot of the newer comedians might not necessarily agree with that. Well, what are they doing? Well, they appreciate people who in their mind challenge the audience, but they fucking challenge them not to laugh because they're shit in my opinion but because well uh if you're doing very controversial material that isn't going to be as consistent as someone who's just doing cruise ship comedy so by steve martin's metric the guy who's doing cruise ship comedy with the with potentially dad jokes is is going to be much more consistent and be able to perform a hundred well, 98 out of 100 good shows, whereas the person who might be doing some more provocative, controversial material, which ultimately might be more timeless than whatever the um, cruise ship comedian is doing, is the one who is going to um, 
not have that same hit rate mm. and is going to mm. uh, maybe perform 50 great shows and 50 bad shows. Dude, you know what, though? That's just a thing of youth. And you see this a lot with bands and shit like that as well. They're always just being like, I'm going to break the mold. And it's like, yeah, but you you were never good at the mold in the first place. Like, maybe you should maybe you should figure out that first. Hmm. Maybe you should figure out how to make jelly before you try and make truffles and shit. You know, like, it's that's something... that That is actually a piece of advice that I would give to young artists, even though I don't think that any of them will follow it. But I, I, do, I remember doing exactly the same thing, just like really wacky experimental shit. And like, yeah, ex- exactly what you were saying before. Some of the shows, like I, I still to this day don't think that my shows now get the same laughs that those shows did. But really, not, you know, like a 10% hit rate, you know? Yeah, as a, as a paid professional, you need to have that like ninety percent hit rate minimum. But like, yeah, I agree. But I I, I think some people would disagree. What? Was well, so I just like I just said? I think some people seem to think there's uh there's some sort of almost nobility in uh going down with a sinking ship. So if the audience yeah, isn't enjoying yeah. it, just Rather than trying to bring them back on your side, just continually uh, hitting them with a barrage of very provocative and, well, just maybe just not even that good comedy. But in their mind, it was just controversial. Mm. No, it just might not be that good as well. It could could be, but it could be either or. Um, really, but I do agree. I agree with you, man. If it's it's a job at the end of the day, if people have paid to see you, they expect you to get the job done. And, and you know you what? You don't to get to that stage unless you unless you are able to do that. Yeah, that's the whole difference. Well, as now, well. well, nowadays, uh, you, you probably could. Really, you, I don't know how what the longevity would be like, but you can you can be really funny online, or you can even be really funny on um, a TV show twenty years ago. And then when, as soon as you're put in uh, in front of uh, a few hundred people doing a one-hour show, that doesn't always translate. In fact, I think it goes the other way. Usually the, the best uh, stand-up comedians are never that great at acting and vice versa. Mm. I There are a few exceptions to the rule, obviously, but uh, generally speaking, I think the best stand-up comedians are people who are their true authentic self. It's the antithesis to acting. You are being, you, you are, you have found your authentic comedic voice. I mean, there are character comedians out there, but let's just, uh, let's just exclude them for this conversation. I don't even think you are though. Like I would definitely categorize us more as character comedians. Most of our jokes just boil down to like an accent. Um, that's that's our authentic mm. voice. That is our authentic voice. But it's different uh, pl- putting an accent in the context of a larger stand-up bit than it is being a character on stage. So I think it's different what we do versus, you know, Dame Edna doing an entire show oh, right. as okay. Dame Edna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that, you're laughing at the character itself, but you're not... Our accents make up part of the 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 joke work and the craft, so it's another it's another key in that piano. Okay. Whereas character acting is, well, you almost have to define that's acting really. That's not actually stand up comedy. I don't know. It's a hard. It's a fine because then you've it's got a hybrid. Yeah. It's because then you've got comedians that do stand up comedy as an actor. So there are. Yeah, you there are hybrids, but like Dame Edna, for example, that to me that's just acting. I I don't see that as that. That's not, I wouldn't define that. I think it's brilliant, but I wouldn't define that as stand up comedy. No, because she's just saying it's not like she's saying jokes. It's not like she's no, constructed she particular jokes there, but. No, but Dame Edna ad libs. Yes, but it's a, and there is constructed jokes. Like she, there she's, are. Yeah, she's got a she's got a script. That's true, but but if you if you sort of dissected the joke without the character, would you say, oh, oh, the way they've placed the words, the way that the punchline is is put at the end of this series of sentences, 
that's really clever. Yeah, dude, but that's that's like it's not stand up comedy, but it's like it's it's a it's a comedic performance. Yeah, okay. Like yeah, to, okay, I'll give you that it's a hybrid, yeah, but I just think it's hard to like, use the same um methodology of, fuck, of dude, judging stand up. I don't know, man. Like it's actually really it's really similar now that I think about it. The only difference is that there's like a there's there's an there's an element of acting to it. I don't know, man. Like, if you did a show as, uh, I don't know, Yilmaz or something, or if I did a oh, show as... Oh, I did as one. I did one as Malcolm Turnbull. Yeah, that's not... But is that... Do you define that? Do you write jokes in the same way for, for, for a show like that? No, like, you, you write them in the character's voice. But, like... But are people laughing at the jokes or are they laughing at the character? Well, it's both, right? Like, the, the whole thing is... It's just like when you're putting on a voice as a character, like, you're still writing a joke for the character but it's just like the character the character adds like another it's just another spice to it you know like it, it puts it makes the joke funnier like you dude this yeah, is what you know it, what it, it's the exact opposite of like no offense but every sydney uni comedian i've ever seen in my life that i don't know for some reason thinks so it's like offended. a cheap gimmick or something mm. Um, to like put on a voice or whatever. And but, it's just like, yeah, that's all well and good, but like you're just missing out on like a huge tapestry of ingredients here. Yeah, but don't you think it's a... So if I'm, let's say, for example, I'm I'm mocking um, bad uh, old comedians or something mm. and I want people to laugh at how bad this particular, these, this brand of comedian, these, these brand of comedians are then it would be in my interest to write a specifically bad joke because the whole humour is, <laughs> that guy's so shit, yet he thinks he's funny. Mm. But but the joke writing, it's hard to... I wouldn't define that as, as um, good joke writing. To me, that's that's great character writing. But if I'm specifically writing a shit joke in order to laugh at the character. Whereas if I'm just doing comedy as myself and I do that same joke, I would never do that. I would never specifically write a bad joke. But, dude, even if you're a comedian on stage, you're still a character. Like, you're just you, but you're a character. Uh, yeah. So you're still yeah, writing jokes. Tr- okay, yeah, fair point, yeah. It's like, it's it's actually really... Like, the way that you... The, the way that stand-up comedy has kind of like evolved i think people are kind of like now mixing it up with like a genre but dude you know what it is it's actually just a style it's like you know like in the 90s how that was just like there was that very jerry seinfeld style and then in the noughties it kind of turned into your louis ck bill burr style now i think it's um You know what I you know what I think Nothing. it is now. I hate it. Yeah, I hate it. Woke, it's just like, like, huh? Woke comedy or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, no, you, you, like really well, it's like I mean, Jerry Seinfeld's definitely that as well. He's well, like very still smug and condescending, but like, huh? All those guys are still doing it. I guess they're still doing it. Yeah. But like, Doesn't you know, mean. like you look at comedians in the 50s and shit like that, and like a lot of it was just being like Oh yeah, my my dog just came into my 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 bedroom the other day. It's, it's learned it's learned some habits off me. It's just, it's learned how to beg because it hangs around the bedroom all the time. Yeah, like it's all it's like that that style doesn't exist anymore. But and exactly what you're saying, right? Like now you would be laughing at it because it's just so out of date. So if you were going to make like jokes about it, you would be intentionally making shit jokes. For today's standards, but it's still a joke. Yes, it's still a joke, but it's but um, I would just uh, in uh, in judging the quality of of the performance or the art in one of those performances, you're judging the depiction of a character, and in the other one, the main thing you're judging is, is the, the, joke. the joke work. That's and true. The, the craftsmanship. That's true. But dude, you know what though, like. People might be thinking that that's what they're judging it on, but honestly, I really don't think... I have seen some comedians, and I'm not going to say who because I'm pretty sure you're friends with them, but like I see that they have like good joke work, 
good joke work. At least I think so anyway. Like, I'll listen to it and I'll be like, that's a clever joke. Yeah. But it's so poorly delivered. Yeah. Oh, look, the, it's not as though the joke work and, and the writing is the only aspect you'd be judging. No. And I think, again, There's like, it actually is just factors. an ingredient. Like, it's... I, I sure, really think sure. that the main drive of humour is a vibe. And a vibe is just basically another word for character. I think that like if you're like it's it's actually like the performance quality, the the quality to be able to just be like, okay, I'm gonna deliver this in this tonality, and the next line I'm gonna deliver in this tonality, so it makes that one more surprising, you know? Like right. that I think that's a mm. huge element of how the joke lands. Otherwise, you just kind of... Dude, it's the same thing as like... Right, like it's a, it is a big part of it, yeah. Don't you reckon? Like, you, if you ever uh, read like transcripts of like... Dude, even The Simpsons, right? Like, I've read scripts of The Simpsons and I'm laughing, I guess, because I can remember the joke. But like, it's it's nothing without the facial expressions or the voice. That's a good point. Yeah, you're right. But they're, they're very clever jokes. But you kind of sit there and you're like, but like, dude, as soon yeah, as it's performed, yeah. you're just like, nice. That's yes. mad. Yeah, no, look, f- fair enough. That is still a huge aspect, the the character or the just the delivery of it. I think it's like... I if suppose it's just, it's, it, it plays more of a role when you're not being a classic character comedian, but it's not everything. It's not everything. But I think that like if you're in a flow state, you're more focused on... I think you're more focused on delivery if you're in a flow state than the joke. There's kind of like, it's like if you're in a stifled Mm. state where you're just sitting there and being like, fuck, what comes next? What comes next? Then you're thinking about the joke. You're thinking like this joke. Okay, I'm going to land this joke. And then like, because you're in a stifled state, because you're in like a flustered state, you say the joke and it gets the response of like, because people can kind of feel the tension. But if you're like in that flow state, Dude, a lot of the time when you're in that flow state, you, and I've seen heaps of like good comedians do this. Like I've seen Arj Barker do this. No, sorry, not Arj Barker. Um, Akmal do this numerous times. And he's known for his ad libs of just being like, what's your name? That's a shit name. Just that. And it's mad, dude. Like it brings the house and I'm laughing. And it's like yeah. just the easiest joke you could pop. But it works. It works really well. And it's just because he, for some reason, I think anyway, it's just like he's in that flow state. He's really, huh. he's really good at just. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like you're not like yeah. You can be a lot wittier in that when you're in a flow state, and it just naturally comes that you are wittier in that flow state. But it's also just this thing of like everything that I say is going to be okay. Whereas when you're not in that flow state, everything that you say is just like I hope this lands. I hope this lands. Yeah. Like, it's like that the whole night. Absolutely. Okay, no, I, I, you know what? You're right. Yeah. It's something about... Yeah. It, dude, it just like made made it hit when you were just saying something about like your authentic voice or whatever. That's what it is. It's just like not... It's Yeah, it's allowing your authentic mm. voice to just go. Yeah, not, not giving a fuck, yeah. It's not even not giving a fuck. It's like... Yeah, it's the only way to say it. There's just no pre-thought. None. Yeah. Fuck. That's that's flow, isn't it? No pre-thought. Pretty much. Anyway, the point is it's nice. That's like, yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's great. mad when that it's happens. It's a great feeling. It's better than being drunk, ladies and gentlemen. It is! Aim so to get into better. a flow state for whatever it is that you do. Yeah. But try it without the Bundies. Look, every, everyone who plays sport would also know that there's a, there's a point where you get into the zone at any sport. It must just be. Just not thinking. Mm. You know, I've seen a few of the... Uh, the Aussie, when Steve Smith is just on a roll, he's in a flow state. He's not thinking. Don't know who that is, but probably. Oh, mate, the Australian cricket. No. That a boy, The Steve. former Australian cricket captain. Was he? Well, because he got, there was that sandpaper scandal. That was him, was it? Yeah. Well, he over, I don't, it was David Warner and this other guy, but because he was the captain, he had to uh, 
go down with the ship. Yeah, yeah. But people really like him. People didn't like Dave. Well, now everyone likes David Warner again because our team was so bad without the two. So that <laughs> they're willing to look past whatever poor character traits David Warner might have. Yeah, when because Australia lost to India in Australia, huge for India. Let me just say, but uh, that's yeah, pretty unforgivable have. for Australia, the Australian <laughs> cricket team. But anyway, um, it's a separate. That's a very separate topic. Uh, but yeah, that, that yeah, that's loosely good, that's very, uh, the fact that yeah, good, good, good discussion there. Yeah, that's Enjoyed that's what that. it is. Drinking beer is the equivalent of sandpapering a bull. That's the conclusion. If, if you got anything <laughs> out of this podcast, drinking beer is like sandpapering a bull. All right, well, yeah. uh, thanks, for, thanks for listening, guys. Yep, appreciate Subscribe it. Subscribe if you haven't already. Share the, share the podcast. Give it a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. Oh, yeah, and if it's on iTunes, can you do that rate and review thing and be nice about it? Only just if it's a good review. Lie about it, yeah. Just I haven't looked at the reviews for months. The last time I, I looked, it was uh, <laughs> there was still that one review which was like, "Look, it's really good. I just wish you guys wouldn't say puss so much." <laughs> Best hey, review we've ever seen. I haven't said that in we one yeah, we, we Yeah, we were saying it a lot last year. You were saying it so much last year. Now we don't. We've evolved. Yeah. We're, we're, simp, <laughs> we're simps now. No, but all right. No, we're white knights. You shouldn't show yeah, Yes, don't say pause. It's a derogatory term. Uh, thanks, guys. See you next time. Bye.